welcome, dude. Thanks for joining us. Though. For having me on the show. Let's make it very typical uh, and political and also see if I can get canceled. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I get canceled. We should stop. Right. We I, don't, I don't think women should be allowed to vote. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. that. I've already clipped it. You have no idea. It's already done, man. Yeah, yeah. We should start a new podcast called The Cancel, can the cancel Culture. Just troll the, unit, the world. Um, long until we're cancelled until we get cancelled and get taken off air like um, what's that comedian that always is on Joe Rogan's podcast that always gets cancelled on everything oh what's his name hey, man. so oh. many yeah it's true yeah but you, you know you know him he's a big guy he's just oh, oh okay that narrowed it down oh god <laughs> I can't remember his name now but anyways Joey Diaz oh Joey Diaz no yeah. not Joey Diaz because he's, he's he, oh, Joey Diaz is a big guy that doesn't get cancelled so yeah that's a good, a good shout there oh I've got his name now does all the conspiracy, does all the conspiracy shit. Hacksaw, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, I don't know up. what you're speaking on, Chris, but I will say this. I will say that the point you were making before we started record, recording about how the Jews run the world. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen. I, I personally, I disagree with that, but the way you said it was very convincing how like, the, the you were saying, that's why you blame the Jews. Yeah, that was very. It was. I don't agree, but it was very. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I think we should do this. I think this. Okay, let's start this, but let's stitch each other up, canceling way. No, no. Like, <laughs> let's do this. The I'm, problem I'm is, up. yeah, I'm the only white person on this. I'm gonna get the worst. I'm no, gonna, you're gonna get it the you easiest. You're, you're just having a bad day. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Very yeah. Fair. He is absolutely correct. It is. The people who get canceled the most, I'm gonna be very honest, are white people. Like nobody's canceling Gucci Man. No. Nobody's out there canceling yes, Gucci Man. <laughs> yes, brother. Yes, brother. Yes. Yes. So I can understand why he would be concerned, but I do want to say that the points that he was making about how <laughs> isn't, isn't absolutely necessary. Well, I disagree. I disagree. Yeah, I'm not agreeing at all. Thing about that, I can I. I, I'm in the I'm studio with him. I'm very uncomfortable at the moment. <laughs> you uh, should be. Okay, should so be. it's going to be one of those shows. Okay. Do you, 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 this is like Frankie Frankie all over again because Frankie French, who obviously you introduced us to you, that was the whole show of her just her just killing me. Like just, let me just, let me just pick on the white all boy. about you, Chris. Throughout the whole all show. About you, yes, all, all about Chris. Oh, here, here we go. go. Although I do Shit. agree with what you were saying before when you said Kanye West said that slavery was a choice and you agree with that you believe that <laughs> I, I don't agree i don't agree we don't agree we don't agree but we understand where you're coming through and we feel <laughs> no, like we're in a great safe heard. space yeah you're heard chris you're heard you know, chris yeah i understand chris it's I'm, very, I'm very uncomfortable I in the studio why again you think white men are the most oppressed people in the world i, <laughs> I, don't, agree. I don't agree knowledge doesn't agree we yeah. don't agree but we understand. You're heard. We understand. I just want to let you know you're heard, you're seen, you're appreciated. I just want to put it out there that Chris told me to say that I'm not here under force. <laughs> you know, I just I can't wait. Hey, Chris, you know, I'm taking absolute piss. Good luck, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm just taking absolute piss. <laughs> Have we been recording this time? Are we yeah, recording? Yeah, yeah, we are. I, I, I always, I always record before we even start because normally the best gems <laughs> are in it. I, I don't mean to have this on the record for you, Chris. I just, I just, I understand where you're coming from. I don't agree. Knowledge, do you agree? I do not agree. You know, like, we don't I understand. Agree. We understand. Don't we don't agree. agree. I'd like to say that I don't agree, but again, I'm in the studio with Chris by myself. <laughs>
Blink, crazy, blink if you're under duress. Blink. Breathe. 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 Okay. If you're under <laughs> breathe. 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 I need to get the notes before we start because they're not on here. Chris is like, I need to delete before we start. I need to delete. Hilarious. I'm going to cancel it. It's back. Hey, Chris, because you're, you're in HR we leaders. Out our Why are you not in? To cancel Chris. <laughs> Why are you not in late I can't night? Wait, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> no, please make sure he keeps this. He's gonna try to get rid of this. I'm gonna he, keep it. It stays on everyone's drive, so I, I've yeah. got <laughs> He has the day. notes. He just made up the I need notes. What notes? Exactly. There are no notes. <laughs> I've done two things in my whole life. Like we don't need notes. <laughs> notes are for music, man. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, just don't mess it about. What <laughs> he asked me to get the notes, then tells me not I to work. No, no, I said I was getting them. Yeah, but you didn't have it on the right thing. I did. I think okay, you two Chris. should see other people. <laughs> see other people. It's okay. It happens. Every relationship comes to an end. It's not about the ending. It's about it's the because journey. Warren keeps trying to be the dominant. That's the way it is. Wow. Okay, guys, cool. I'm here under regress. Regress. My memories makes sense. I, I understand you. You all are in the UK, and this is how it works. I've seen a lot. I've clipped. I've. I've Hit that Your click place? on porn tube. I know. <laughs> this is how it starts. Wow. Finally wow. enough, we was gonna talk about porn as well today. Hey, dude, let's hold it. Let's hold it. Let's get this started, man. Let's get the intro. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm fully ready. I don't think I want to go through. Well, this. I don't agree. <laughs> yeah, joking, joking. Well, right. I don't agree with what you said about the Palestinians, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is gonna, this is gonna be so bad. Listen, I'm gonna hit you all with my iron dome, bro. I got my missile defense oh, system ready. So he's gonna be hitting us. Yeah, I'm ready. We, we've seen this before. Yeah. Oh, we've okay. You know, Chris, before you colonize the conversation, I just want to say, you know, talking about hitting the people of color in the room historically has not been so advantageous for us, Chris. So I just want to let you know that you should be aware. Okay, <laughs> I appreciate that, I appreciate it. I'll take that under, under advisement. I appreciate that. All right, is everyone ready? Let's go. Jesus. What's hey, it, what's it, what's it? What? Oh, Jesus, so never mind. It's not gonna stop. Other, I understand, Chris, I understand. <laughs> Hey Chris, I can't wait. I can't wait. I've got some questions. Do you know what? Do you know what? You know what? Knowledge, you're doing the intro now after this because I I'm not even gonna be able to bloody keep myself. Nice. Chris, you, this is your thing, your format, your intro. Yeah. And <laughs> Can you stop staring at me? Don't stare at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at. Don't don't look at me. Don't look at me. I do my intro. Oh. welcome back, everyone. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna be able to get through it. I don't think I'm gonna, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get through it. This is gonna be really hard. All right, welcome, welcome back everyone to Late Night in London. Chris Rain here, super excited to be with you as always. I'm joined by Knowledge Hughes, while G, my partner's in crime. Today we have one of the most unique human beings we've ever come across based on the first five minutes before we hit record. He's an Iranian American international comedian, actor, host, television, and radio personality. Welcome to the show, Tehran. How are you? I didn't appreciate how you laughed when you said unique, Chris. I don't know if you <laughs> caught on that. Yeah. I didn't say it was a good thing. 
I just said unique. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of unique things out there in the world. Um, there are a lot of unique things in the world. That's what makes unique, not special. Talking like, of unique, tell us about the artwork behind you. The artwork behind me. This is so now that we've gone to the Zoom generation. Where, by the way, somebody at Skype needs to get fired because before <laughs> the pandemic, it was shit. We had only known about Skype. Skype was the king of online conferencing. And then the pandemic hit, and then we all, we left. We are all the most unloyal people. (laughs) But it was terrible. Zoom, Zoom was the badder bitch. Like we went Zoom like, damn, what's your name? Aren't you in a relationship? No, we're good. We're good. This artwork behind me, it's a Banksy piece. Just obviously a replication if it was- Unless you were peed up. (laughs) Yeah. And then just stuff for my Zoom background. It's for my Zoom background. Have you heard about the new craze of Zoom backgrounds where there's companies, um, actually one of them reached out to me for my business show, where you, you rent out backgrounds and books for your background so you look smarter. So they're like, oh, what industry are you in? And they send you books just to put on your shelf so when you're on Zoom calls, you can look, look more intellectual. Like there's a whole thing now. Like I'm like, I've been challenging my guests how recently. Much, how much did you pay, Chris? How much did you pay? <laughs> well, I, I made, asked them to send me a Baby Yoda, uh, an Iron Man. What, yeah. what, what books have you got? Let's see. Knowledge. You see knowledge? Knowledge is a blank slate. You understand? Because <laughs> the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Shit. Yes. Yeah. So you've got unknown knowns. you got known knowns. And you got... Knowing. Knowns that we don't know, we know. That's true. Bars. Bars, yeah. Bars. A lot of people don't know. Knowledge actually has a side job uh, writing fortune cookies, which he's actually very... (laughs) (laughs) I am. I am. I I do. All the time. Exactly. Um, I I still get royalties. Every crack. You get a royalty for every crack. Oh, man. Oh, wow. So time starts to be really hard now. Roadman. I just want to say to Rando, the way Chris introduced you, I had to break it down for you because here in the UK, our slang is slightly different. So if you call someone a neek, like <laughs> unique, which Chris just said about you, it oh, means wow. nerdy and a bit like antisocial and not well <laughs> well liked, not very sociable. So when he said you're unique, it's a massive disrespect. So I got your back. Chris, Chris is making fun of autistic people. I understand. I don't agree. I don't agree. <laughs> That kind of sentiment, but Chris, to each their own. <laughs> it's gonna be like that. Wow, that's how we're starting off. You have nothing to say on, the, on that, Chris? <sighs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve my right to um, what do what do they say in America when they don't want to talk, say say anything to the Oh, face? I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. Yeah, yeah I plead the Fair fifth. Enough. So Chris right is against autism. Silent. You heard that here first. Chris is against autism. He's Myself, Tehran. And while G, we do not agree with Chris in we any understand. way. Form, we understand. We understand. We're and he's people, heard. But we do not agree. As I've, as I've, as I've made it completely clear a couple of times, I'm in the studio with Chris, so I'm comfortable. <laughs> what is this fucking what, get out too? Oh, oh, no, you went there. Oh, you went there. <laughs> get out of the sequel. He's always got to bring race into it. Why does he always, why do you, why does he do that? <laughs> why, Chris? Why? why? Is that how you see us? Are we binary like that? Just black and white. That- okay. Wow. Okay. Let me swerve into another question. Um, <laughs> Tehran, tell us a little bit about th- th- your name. What's the origin of your name? So, so Chris, for those, I know knowledge and Wilder informed, Chris, obviously you don't like geography. Tehran is actually the capital of Iran. It's literally the capital of Iran. 
my father is Iranian, my mother is African American. So, and I actually, it's a conversation knowledge I actually have with London all the time is people will call London uh, British African American and we laugh so much because they don't, they want to be politically correct. They don't know how to say just like British black person. <laughs> oh, that's true. Cause they say African American in, in the UK, we just say like, whatever, do we, what do we, what do we, what's our terminology? Yeah, no, no, Chris, like British. You know Black British. <laughs> yeah, Chris, you know. <laughs> we know what you say, Chris, but. Outward. Outward, you the N word. Our nationality is actually put down as like black British. And then they ask black us British. whether we're African or Caribbean. They're like black British, Caribbean, black British, African. Or... Yeah, and that's actually something interesting because that's uh, different in the United States. It would actually be offensive. And it happens a lot of times when people come from overseas when they ask black people, what kind of black are they? What country in Africa? Because because of slavery, black people in America don't know, and it's become something where it's very sensitive and it's and it's offensive depending on especially who's asking. So if she's extremely attractive, you play along and you explain it. But if it's Chris, <laughs> Chris is getting canceled again, again, again. I'm gonna get canceled on my own show on episode three. Is this a oh, thought? Like, is, is it was mainly it? because of the comments that you made on Palestine before the show, which <laughs> uh, don't agree with <laughs> Which we don't agree with. We don't. We we do not agree with it in any way, shape or form. Uh, yes. But you're heard. And you you're heard, it. Chris. You are heard. So in America, even if you're, you're black and you're not from Africa, you're still African-American. Exactly. They typically try to use the politically correct term African-American. You no matter what, <laughs> especially on the street, we t tend to say black. It's become and there's been an evolution. There was a time where Negro was acceptable. Colored was acceptable. Yeah. Even NAACP, it actually stands for the advancement of colored peoples. Right. And so that evolution has changed. Negro, colored people, African-American, black. There's an evolution. It's still a learning curve of where people's sensibilities and lack of offense lie. Yeah, my my uh, my parent, like my nan, she still says colored and she doesn't understand. Like she, so she refers to my wife. We were, we were there a few weeks ago for a Mother's Day. Yeah. And she was like, oh, you're still with that co colored girl, are you, Chris? And I was just like, oh. But she doesn't know she's a, like it's that generation, isn't it? Yeah, but like, that's what that's she grew the, up with. That's at that, at that time with. it was accepted. So that's what she grew up with. So that's what is she's going to always see. I heard a rumor recently. Is it true that the, the United Negro College Fund is now headed by a black man for the first time? What? That is actually a concept. It is a concept. People are people are blacking that out because there have been people who have been mixed or there have been white people, but this time it's just a black person who's well, How is that ever not the case? How is that any other like yeah, okay. I'm like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Have you never seen the blind side, Chris? Don't you know in America, black people need a white savior? Like that is, <laughs> <laughs> that is stereotype. That's how it goes. Yeah. I thought that's how it was coming, yeah. you know? It's exactly how it works. That's why I got Warren and uh, Joe on the show. Oh, you went there. So we're tokens. Is that what you're saying? Okay, cool. Chris. Token of my appreciation. Hey, poor Chris. What? Poor Chris. Poor Chris. Yeah. Poor Chris and his colored wife. Poor Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh. But we do, we do kind of, I don't want to say allow, but there is an understanding that older people, it's a little more difficult for them to catch up to new tropes. It's an understanding. You've been doing something for 
80 years of your life and then someone tells you it's a different way. That's that's the growing pains we go through in society. I, I would be upset if someone got mad at my grandmother for not using the correct pronoun. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I understand why I should know the or at least be aware or open to it. But my grandmother, you know, she's like 10 days away from dying. If she wants to call you he, <laughs> then we got to let that go. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, I've had the conversation with her year after year. It doesn't matter. It don't matter. Just just yeah. <laughs> at that point now and, and it's understandable but at the same time there are a lot of older people who are open to learning and we commend them too well it's the same with um one of the surprises i don't know if, it, I don't know if um quite a few of my white friends have experienced it and i experienced the first time where natasha's parent uh, grandparent didn't talk to me for like five years <laughs> i remember you said that to me yeah like well, i told you why they was old school yeah he just didn't talk to me yeah. like he walked past me like didn't exist for five years just, he was just, she, he was so, so upset. it wasn't 400 years, no, Chris? No? <laughs> no? We're complaining it was about only five. five. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're going. <laughs> I just realized where you went with that, you idiot. Has it ever occurred to you that maybe he didn't speak to you because your grandmother kept calling him color? <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they never, thankfully, they never met. They never met because that would have been an interesting conversation. Are you uh, sure, Chris? Have you looked at the heritage? Have you looked back? I don't the know. Day? I didn't go. I owned him. I didn't go back. I owned him. <laughs> That's hilarious. Tehran, tell us, um, tell everyone a little bit more about your journey into comedy. Well, it's, it's so fun because I never, a lot of comedians have always wanted to be a comedian. There are comedians, they're like, I've always wanted to be a comedian. It's like, yeah, because you were a loser. I was popular. Like, I didn't want <laughs> to be a comedian. You know, I, was, I didn't want to be a comedian. That wasn't my aspiration in life. In fact, to be very honest, the person I wanted to be was Puff Daddy. I wanted to be Puff because he's all up on the studio, all up in the radio, and he was just having the most fun. And especially coming, I'm originally from Washington, D.C. In Washington, D.C., there was a time when I was a kid, Puff Daddy was the king of the city throwing the biggest parties. The all-white party originated from basically his exploration at Howard University. And in the 90s, when I was a kid, he, he was just the man. And so I wanted to be puffed going into music and things like that. It wasn't until I was finishing law school that I found an affinity for comedy. And it's actually specifically, and it's something that I talk about and touch on a lot. It's, I was going through things. I was doing the music stuff and wanted to be in that realm. Things were falling apart. There's a lot of the lifestyle that gets involved that's outside of music that is more gangster lifestyle. So it was all overlapping. And I had to make a decision in my life. And I turned on the television and I was watching Fuse Network, which is Canadian MTV. And I don't even know why I had this channel. There was a show where a comedian, Mikey Winfield, who's now a friend of mine, light-skinned black guy, pro, most beautiful smile, just a very funny comedian. He's telling jokes and introducing music videos. And I literally saw this and thought to myself, if this nigga can do this, I can do it too. That's literally the thought that went through my head. And the reason why it's important is that changed and transformed my life to go into the direction of comedy. I then went to the Laugh Factory, got my start, and now, nine years later, I'm a comedian who Chappelle recognized and is like, Tehran is someone you should look for, and I've been on different networks and shows. And the reason I bring this up is because I wasn't a child. I wasn't five or eight or 10 or 12 or 15 or, or even 20. I was 22, 23 at the time, and seeing someone who kind of looked like me and did something that I thought I could do, that affected me so much that I now do this. So how important is representation? How important is it? And I say it's everything. Mm. 
Wicked. Amazing. How, by the way, I've always wanted to ask this. How is it going into the Laugh Factory? The, the sort of the, the history, the, oh, the, amount of, the amount of killers that have been on that stage. They, that, that must have been an and experience. I hear that it was kind of like a, a throw. Like they kind of threw you in at the deep end as well. I hear. Threw me. They, when I say they threw me in, and I had, I had, and not for a lack of Middle Eastern puns, but I bombed <laughs> one spectacular time. And unlike Chris, who doesn't agree with representation, I know knowledge is wild too. Yeah. We understand how representation. Yeah. Chris was talking about it before. He's like, "Oh, representation, oh, drawing from crazy." Forget the Rooney Rule. I, I don't. I don't want any colored people interviewed. What, I think what, what he said. He's like colored people should only marry me. That's. What <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> and I was going to say your choice of words for killers on stage. That's. I'm not going to say anything else. What are you just? <laughs> Chris, poor Chris. Chris is going but apparently to at the Laugh Factory, though, it's like your rite of passage is bombing. Like Joe Rogan, was talking, I've always heard him saying, Joey Diaz, they've all had those days where you kind of got to go through that. That's just part of, of the journey. But yeah, but Tarantula was crazy. It was crazy. Mine was, okay, so this is the situation with mine. I was in there for a year. I was able, thankfully, because of my mouthpiece, I was able to move up very quickly and get onto the Laugh Factory stage where people work possibly their entire careers just to be able to perform on, on these stages. And in LA, in LA, we have the fortune and misfortune of being connected to the three of the top com comedy clubs in the entire world within a one mile radius, mm. right? So one mile, tr translate that into kilometers or however you need to do <laughs> to understand. But the concept is the comedy store, the Laugh Factory are both on Sunset. And then the improv is on Melrose, just a couple blocks down, all within the same mile radius. And on top of that, you have an onslaught of comedians who try to get there. So it's a talk about being a very small fish in a very large pool. And yet the pool is also very small. So you're just <laughs> drowning all the time. I'm on stage. I'm at a show. I show up at a show that I wasn't a part of. I used to go to the comedy club, Laugh Factory every day just to listen and learn. That's how I, that's how I got my comedy education. And there was a time where there was a young and hungry pre- pre-sliding into 16-year-old DMs, Chris D'Elia, who was on the time <laughs> on his way up. I don't, I don't think, I don't I think Warren, and do you know who Chris D'Elia is? No, yeah, I could tell by your reaction. <laughs> yeah, just, we'll get into that another time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chris D'Elia is a comedian who, who has the pedigree of Hollywood because his father is one of the top producers of all time. His okay. mother is one of the top casting, uh, casting agents of all time. And then he became a comedian and he became a very successful comedian on his own right. And regardless of who his parents are, they weren't there to make the audience laugh. Like he worked hard to get there, yeah, but then himself. it all crumbled when it was alleged and slowly being found out that he was also exhibiting yeah. possible predatory behavior towards underage girls. So that, that was his decline, which happened very recently, right before the pandemic. Anyway, a young hungry Chris D'Elia was going on and Dane Cook, who at the, at the time is sure he's not the Dane Cook of 2004 where he was the king of comedy, but he's still Dane Cook, a legend in his own right. He's coming in. And these two had a type of unspoken rivalry for the king of white boy comedy. It's an unspoken <laughs> rivalry. They, they had king of white boy comedy, that frat comedy that was very prevalent in the United States especially. So Dane Cook comes in. And Chris D'Elia has an amazing set. Chris D'Elia basically gets a standing ovation. And Dane Cook, when you come in, you're not always just ready to go right up on stage. And even though these comedians are always ready, sometimes they just need a little reset, especially reset of the room. So Dane Cook comes over to me and is like, hey, Tehran, by the way, you're next. It's Friday <laughs> night, primetime Laugh Factory. And I'm like, uh, 
By the time I'm protesting, Fraser Smith, the host, calls me up on stage. When oh, I go upstage and say there are five minutes of crickets, oh, it wasn't even days. booze. Booze would be better than crickets. People just, and they felt bad for me. And when I was getting off, someone actually said, it's okay, better luck next time. Oh. Okay? Just crushed my hopes and dreams. This is in front of so much so much industry oh. and then dane cook on like thanks bud and went up and just killed, of course. Oh. And, killed. and i learned a lesson that night i learned a lesson i was crushed like i was very disappointed in myself i was just crushed but i learned a lesson always be ready always be ready always be prepared always be ready to go on stage and when you're given an opportunity you have to take it and that's where preparation meets opportunity and becomes what people think is luckiness right mm, so just take i love that work. Tiffany Haddish gets Girls Trip and everyone says, oh, what an overnight success, even though she'd been doing 24 years in the business before her quote unquote big break. Yeah. She was just ready. That's the, and that's why she says she ready. And that's <laughs> what it is. It's always be ready. Always be prepared. And sales always be closed. Always be closing, man. Yeah. Same with, same with London Hughes, right? And your, your sister, your sister knowledge. Same thing we spoke about. It's like, oh my God, she's got an Netflix special. She's doing next star pie, overnight success. We've seen her hustling in the UK for years. 10 years. Yeah, yeah. A but, decade plus, exactly. Part of the 1%. Yeah. It's crazy. Let me ask you a question, Tyrone, since um, obviously Chris has stated before we came on air that he <laughs> agrees with attacking underage women like <laughs> the other Chris did. What? Obviously, we wow. understand. These are, that's a low blow. By the way, just for the crew, just for people listening, we're picking on Chris. We're picking on Chris. This is all in fun. And even though Chris does say all these things, we accept it. <laughs> and we love it. Listen, there's a, good, there's a good job I'm the editor for the show. That's all I'm saying. It's a good job I edit the show. So it's fine. I'm here of my own accord. Um, what, I, what I wanted to ask you, Taran, is what track made you realize that Jodeci is the best R&B band ever. Let me explain this to everyone, okay? <laughs> For those who don't understand, I will, if, if I'm getting to know a young woman and she tells me she prefers boys to men over Jodeci, I will break up with that young woman. <laughs> Clearly we have nothing in common. We don't love the same. We don't make love the same. We just have nothing that matches. We can never thrive. Jodeci, Jodeci, for those who don't know, Chris, this goes to you. For those who don't know, Jodeci, is an R&B group from the 90s coming up actually after Boys to Men. So Boys to Men was this clean-cut group, right? So Boys to Men was a clean-cut group, and then Jodeci was this gangster <laughs> R&B group. So it, Jodeci was the Bobby Brown to Boys to Men's new edition, okay? So they try to cover up who Bobby Brown really was, but then he, he had to let it out. Jodeci comes on scene, and they're just they're baggy pants, they're gangsters, they start songs with lines like, so you're having my baby? That's the first line of a song. Like there is no, there is no stuff. They hadn't gone out on a date yet. He just said, so you're having my baby. Okay, so Jodeci was, it was amazing. This is love in the hood. Then they make a song. Jodeci makes a song. At this time in the 90s, it's Jodeci. And then there's this group called Wu-Tang Clan. Chris, you may have heard of them. You may have heard of them, Chris. The Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> The Wu-Tang Clan, which tends to be the only, uh, only rap group all white people know, the Wu-Tang Clan and Jodeci make a song together called Freaking You. And this is why it's so important. It's imperative. And I'll, I'll say some of the lyrics for you just in case you didn't know. 
the chorus of the song says, every freaking day and every freaking night, I want to freak you, baby. Your body's so freaking tight. That is <laughs> the chorus. Every freaking Beautiful. night and every freaking day, I want to freak you, baby, in every freaking way. This is the chorus of the song. And it's a masterpiece. When I say the best R&B group and the best rap group of all time combined to form a Voltron of a song, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, Brilliant. I agree. I completely Brilliant. agree. Brilliant. I went to I went to an actual Joey to see concert one time, and it's basically just all hot, sweaty, bump and grinding all up in there, all at one time. And these guys are just on stage, like just catching panties and stuff, and just being like, "Yeah, this is what we wanted. This is our legacy. This is who we are." So yeah, their, their merchandise is cracked. They literally sell crack <laughs> at their merch when you go into the, the state. They're just literally dealing drugs because that is who Jodeci is. You understand? They were the thug, and that became the basis. One Twelve was in between Jodeci and Boyz II Men, but then you have like groups like Pretty Ricky, and that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Jagged, it. it all comes. There's through. like a gangster R and B thing going on. Yeah, exactly. Well, what's going on? What's good? Um, moving on from what we just talked about, you see, with the ladies, I know you're, I know you're like super bilingual. How many languages do you speak, and does that help you with breaking down the barrier of the ladies that you want to pursue? Well, I use my, I use my communication skills more often to get me out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so I obviously I speak Americanish, which is different than English. Okay, so I speak Americanish. I speak American. Uh, I speak Farsi, Arabic, and Hebrew conversationally. So my Farsi is extremely fluent, and then my Arabic is very good, and then my Hebrew is very conversational. And then my French, my French is much more... Here's the thing with French. If you don't pronounce a word in French properly, French people look... They're so bougie. Yeah, they're so fucking... Yeah, they're so... I remember I went to France, and they refused to talk... The woman refused to serve me in the shop unless I said it right. Exactly. I'm not even joking. She wouldn't give me it. And I kept saying it and she kept pronouncing it back to me and she had the food in her hand. And I was like, I can't, I'm saying it. And she just like, she was, I was an old woman. Like, she was dead. dead, dead. Bon, like you'll say bonjour. You'll be like, oh, bonjour. They're like, no. And they'll be like, bon, bon. It's so true. You understand what I'm saying, bro. Yeah. Like, that, okay, Jock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're not. Um, I got. I got a, um, one of the questions that um, personally I wanted to ask you, which is, with a name like Tehran, how often are you stopped at customs? I, I will say something. <laughs> I'm never afraid of flying overseas. It's flying back to the United States. 50-50. <laughs> they're going to let me in. Like, you don't know what it's like. Chris, they wave you through the airport. They're like, they're like come, come in. Come on. Come no on. visa, you're fine. You're fine. Beeping, no passport, come in. It's fine. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, just go. Beeping. Change, Chris is beeping. They're like, go. With me, every time I go to the airport, colonoscopy. Like, they check every <laughs> single hole that I have every time. But when I come back to the United States, when I say they ask me, every question, I feel like they're not gonna let me in. I get randomly selected five, six times before I even get to the port, to the point where now I schedule my rides two hours out if I'm flying back in because I know that I won't be able to just walk out. One time, I was sent into a line. I'm in the line, I'm looking around. When I say it looked like Bin Laden's family reunion, <laughs> it was bad. I'm in the line and the young lady, the young lady who's at the passport <laughs> 
speaks to me like this. Speaks to me like passport. No. So he's speaking to me slow, and I'm like, I have my passport. She's like, Oh, you're American citizen. Where is your country of origin? She's still and saying like, that. <laughs> and she's speaking to me like that. I'm like, I, I'm American. She's like, but where were you born? I was like, I was born in the United States. She's like, she, she's like, you speak English? And I'm like, yes. She's, she's speaking to me like, you know, when they speak slow. Yeah, yeah. Allow someone who doesn't understand the language to understand. So she looked at my passport. I'm born in Washington, D.C. I'm American. She's like, why are you in this line? Are you sure you were there? I was like, your, your coworker sent me specifically here. She looks at my name and she goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why do I keep getting stopped? And she's like, you're on the list. You're on the list. Tehran's on the list. <laughs> I was like, why? She's like, you know why. <laughs> I love the fact she didn't want to say it. She made you say it. No, no, no. You yeah. know why. <laughs> and she just did the head thing. Like, come on. You know, you know why, buddy. Come on. Let's <laughs> Yeah, one of the things that I saw you say, which cracked me up, is uh, you don't know which you prefer, carjacking or hijacking. That's for real. That's for real. I, I have a lot of that conversation because that's what comedy is about. It's using that stage and creating re relatability between you and the audience. That's how vulnerable, vulnerable we get. That's why as comedians, when we go on stage, we remove the mic stand from in front of us. It's the first thing you'll notice a comedian does. And the reason we do that is because we are metaphorically and physically breaking down that barrier, that wall that stands between us and the audience. And, and just to give you a British analogy, it's much like Voldemort, right? So look at Hogwarts <laughs> and Voldemort. Voldemort breaks his soul into seven different horcruxes. Well, that's what a comedian doing. We're giving a piece of our soul to the audience. And the better the comedian you are, the bigger the piece of your soul. So Dave Chappelle, that's why we're so exhausted when we're done performing is because we're giving you a piece of our soul. Every performer, every great singer, every great artist does that and that's all we're doing i heard rumors you was backstage at dave Chappelle's killing me softly how, how was that I, that that's the concept is dave Chappelle's killing me softly is one of the only comedy specials i saw i snuck in i was a child uh i was you know hitting teenager years and i i went to the lincoln theater got in was in the stands watched this and i had never seen this level of of control before where one person was so enigmatic that the entire audience was just mesmerized, hypnotized and energized by their words. And that is what propelled me into being more of an orator to begin with. Someone who uses their words carefully mm. and calculated in order to actually effectively communicate ideas because that's what Dave Chappelle did. That's what comedians do. Comedians are not just clowns. They're not, they're not jokesters. They're not pranksters. Comedians are philosophers. Who makes you think more about the modern day world politics than comedians? John Stewart, Trevor Noah. They're just comedians. Who makes people think about being, being single more than someone like London Hughes? Knowledge, your sister. Like To catch a dick is really just, just an expose on what it's like to be a single woman today. A single black woman in the world today. And that's who's expressing it and people are relating to it. So when I saw Dave Chappelle killing me softly, I was like, killing him softly. I was like, what, what did I just, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. I think when we went to watch, where, where did we go to watch Dave Chappelle? Hammersmith. Hammersmith, Apollo, right? And it was just every, you can look around the room and everyone was fully engaged. Like, you know, it is not like one person like on their phone or like distracted or in a conversation. He had every, everyone's there on every word, every single word. Everyone's like listening in. 
making sure you want to catch everything. And then he's just sitting there smoking a cigarette on stage. <laughs> I love the fact that he just smokes up a cigarette. Like he must have every venue must be like, no, I don't care. I'm smoking, whatever. But it's even how it's his like, comedy is like so super intelligent. Eh? Like for years, different things I watched from him just went over my head. And then I got older and was like, wow. Like, it's like got you. And also there's no, there's no, uh, there's no, nothing you can't talk about in it when it comes to comedy, which I love his it. Intelligence, he's, he's intelligent. He's the GOAT. And you want to know an interesting fact about him smoking cigarettes? Because it's a performance, it's legally allowed. Because oh, exactly. I, I never knew that. Because you're allowed to smoke, for example, when they're filming movies or any of that nature. Is that why? Anytime you do a theater production or a film production or a performance, you're allowed to smoke and that's how he gets around that. I ball. never, I literally, honestly, every time I see him smoking, I'm like, how You're is like, he smoking? He's breaking the law. I'm like, <laughs> he, he, I just thought it. color breaking the law you wanted to tell. I, <laughs> I, 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 went back. I don't agree. I don't we think knowledge agrees. I don't agree. I, I don't I agree. I understand why you said that. We understand you. Be Listen, correct. I thought it was Dave Chappelle. You do what the fuck he wants, isn't it? That's what I was like. It, it is. It is. But at the same time, and this is where my legal background comes in handy. That's exactly how you get around that that loophole is it's simply a performance yeah I, I heard that you're 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 um well you could have been a lawyer and you've got a master's as well i have a master's in economics and a law degree and i perform comedy and i'm much happier that i did this i <laughs> i feel like i would have loved law i i would have loved law but my whole reasoning for getting degrees was a i just felt like i wanted to know what it's like to be in massive amounts of debt but also B, <laughs> I, I feel like it's the responsibility. It's something my, my mother instilled is my, it's our responsibility, especially as people of color, but for everyone, but especially people of color to be as educated as possible, to be as educated and literate and competent as possible in this society. And it's something that honestly, if more people were educated, the world would be a much better place. Thanks. It's, it's the lack of education. And I don't mean information. I mean education, not mm. just understanding something, but the ability to comprehend it as well. That's what that's why we still get flat earth people. That's why we still get <laughs> environmental <laughs> deniers, Holocaust. The flat earthers are special, aren't they? They're a special breed of people. Isn't earth flat? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, on that point, though, before you go, before we go to the next question, how did your parents take it then when you said, no, not doing pursuing law, yep. I'm going to be a comedian? To be honest, I joke about my parents getting upset, but they were actually extremely supportive simply because my family is made up of people who are who are doing pretty decent. But more importantly, it's also because they are just supportive, loving parents. They didn't know how to support. They would say things like, like my, my father would call and be like, Ted on, why don't you call Kevin Hart and tell him put you in movie? As if I had <laughs> never thought of that. <laughs> like that's all it like that like, everyone knows each other. <laughs> why didn't I think of that, you know? Yeah, but why but, didn't but why didn't you call him? I know, right? I exactly. But the concept was when I bought them a house, that's when they were like, "Hey, we love comedy." <laughs> <laughs> comedy is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So so that's the best thing is whenever you have a question of a question of should I do this and if will people accept it? Success is the best answer of all time. Just be successful. You know, this is a story that I I a story about a young man from Philadelphia, born and raised, uh, who actually spent uh, most of his time on the playground. He spent most of his days. Yeah. He got into MIT and subsequent scholarship programs. His family had saved up money for him to go to college. He then took this person from Philadelphia, takes this money, 
comes out with a, a rap album with his best friend, where at a time where rap was not even seen as an art form, and says, he's the DJ, I'm the rapper, and their first hit is Parents Just Don't Understand. And in 1989, this person is awarded the first Grammy in hip hop or rap music, Will Smith, at the time known as Fresh Prince. There's no way that his parents thought this was a good idea. There's no way no. that his family was on board for this, especially at the time that he was doing it. Mm. But rap was not a viable form of, of financial security by any means. This was not a job. This was not an occupation. People didn't even know what rap really was. And at this point, he took that risk because the best investment you can ever make is simply believing in yourself. Yeah, yeah facts. we was having a debate before you came on and uh, was asking is this uh, the one, Chris, is this the one against Jewish people? Because <laughs> I, I heard that and I disagreed with your point of view on Jewish people. I'm not I, I'm not anti-Semitic. I understand, Chris, why you have those views. But I just I didn't agree. Knowledge. I don't think you agreed. Either. I didn't agree in the slightest. I didn't agree. I, I, we heard you. We, we heard you. We, we heard you. We accept you, but yeah, we, we don't agree. It's not. It's, it's it's not that one. It's not that one. But wait, wait. Before we go on, um, you, I've, I read up. There, you're part of many, or you've had many religious backgrounds, or, or is there something to do with that? I don't know with what it's saying. Backgrounds in what perspective? Um, it was saying something about you've like you've had a bar mitzvah. You're you're Jewish. You're you're. So so this is the concept. My parents didn't think me being black and Persian and naming me Tehran was enough <laughs> oppression. They didn't feel like that was enough oppression. They were like, no, 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 let's add some more. So on my father's side, his family is Muslim and Zoroastrian. And on my mother's side, her family, my grandfather was Christian, my grandmother is Jewish. And so I've gone through all these things. And I talk about this because I was circumcised like 14 times. Like this is not fun. Just kept chopping. Exactly. Thank goodness I'm half black. <laughs> There'd be nothing left. Like, but that's the that's the concept. Is I talk about this, and I'm a bridge between all this, all these worlds. I am the definition of inclusivity, intersectionality, and furthermore. And that's one of the things I was discussing about being on stage. I make sure that this story is told from different perspectives. Open your minds, but it's relatable. You're not being preached to. You're being reached to, and that's a difference. Oh, that's, that's essential. That's what's yeah. needed. So I just wanted to ask you a question. Sorry to interject. Um, how many clicks do you think it takes to get to the perfect porn video? Oh, it was Honestly, that's Joel, actually man. a great question, Knowledge. That's actually a real question because, <laughs> listen, if you're an actual, like, I, there are some pervs in the world that just, like, click anything. Thank you're, you. Just not, who, who are you? You know, right. you're just a perv. You are one Law and Order SVU episode away from being a perv. <laughs> okay? I don't trust you. No, to get to the perfect porn, it's an art form. I have to go. I have to. I have to research the the porn star. I have to make sure she wants to be in the porn. I have to believe yeah. you. Yeah. Like I have to believe you're there. I want to believe you're present, that you're enjoying yourself. Like, I don't like the fake, oh, oh no. no, I need to believe you. If you do too much, nah, you're not real. It's the Goldilocks, right? Yeah, too much, yeah. not too little, no, it has to be the right amount. And then I need a situation where it's something more desirable. Like, I don't just want to see other people and people looking like me doing, no. I need you to be in the moment, present. I need it to be like, 
the guy needs to be dressed a little. He needs to be like properly disrespectful because some people are overly disrespectful. Some too people much. Are like, exactly. And and honestly, like German porn, that's like, what are you, are you even having sex? You're just like peeing on the girl, shit on her and then punch her in the face. Like why? Where's the sex? Where's the sex, Marcus Nugent? Like where's the sex in this? No, it needs to be the right amount. I need a little like the guy's dressed and talks the girl, talks them into it, like gets them. Then it's a bunch of girls because I'm not just, doing what I could do. No, this needs to be above me, right? Yeah. Above my pay grade in sex. And then, and then I need the guy to talk to the girl like, you know, and if he said, I don't want him to be like, you're a dumb slut. No, I need him to say it <laughs> in a nice, more respectful way. You know what I'm saying? Like that there's works, a And she feels it. She actually properly feels it. And exactly. Gets into it. Like it's not you're a dumb slut. It's you're my dumb slut. Like there's a yeah. nice <laughs> balance. That's a ownership. Tone. Exactly. So how many clicks is that? <laughs> Honestly, it's actually an entire, it might take an entire day. It might take an entire day to get to the right. And then the cinematography is very important. Oh my God. I was going to, I was going to see, see guys, when we talked about this beforehand, I don't think the guys understood me, but I was even talking about the categories. The category has to be right. You have to know, sometimes you have to go through a couple sites before you know where you're at. So yeah. yeah sometimes you the search engine sure. is missed. So sometimes the search engine keeps bringing up ones because I, I don't like watching the same thing again and again. So, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, exactly. You need to work on these search engines. Look at the, the titling. Like, why can't I be very oddly specific and that pop up? I know it was made somewhere. <laughs> that was made somewhere. Like, literally, there's a video called Two Girls, One Cup. Oh, right? oh no. Don't bring back that. Somebody. That's for somebody. Out there, is. Right? Who? Who is that my somebody? Is, why can't I have my... Yeah, two girls, one cup that has no cup and doesn't have those two girls. Like, why can't I have my version <laughs> of something that's eerily, oddly, specifically tailored to my personal desire? It's out there. I think there's a niche in the market. If we was to set up like the search engine of porn sites, that was there must be. Oh, I'm sure it must be a that must be a thing. Is that a stereo search engine, like a dedicated Google just for porn? Can you imagine? And it searches all the different porn sites. Oh, no, yeah, no, no, you, you need a boolean so you can get specific ones. Because Thank I'm you. telling you, the clicks are just too. It's 2021. You shouldn't have to be clicking. <laughs> to, so you want some like artificial intelligence which understands your the, exactly. the, the specifically. By the way, I think forget the forget the podcast. We just come up with an amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is a billion dollar idea because we forget we forget that a lot of innovations in in society actually come from, of course, the military industrial complex. But secondly, porn. porn 4K, free, yeah, 4K, free, free, um, free, what's it called? 100%. 3D stuff all came from porn. Stream, yeah, yeah, yeah. Streaming porn. in general. The fact that we chose Virtual. VHS over beta was yeah. porn. The fact <laughs> that we true. have, you can pay over the internet is directly as a result for people wanting to pay for porn. That is it. <laughs> the internet itself, Facts. the explosion was because of porn. There was no need. We didn't know there was a need to necessitate the internet until people realized they could see naked people on the internet. Yeah. Bro, people, made, media. people made super money off that. Like people tried to bypass here yeah, how Snoop Dogg had a whole franchise and just porn. Did he? Uh, porn. Did, yeah. Did he? Yeah. Oh, Chris. I remember watching those videos. Chris, Snoop Dogg, Doggy style. Wait, I know, I've heard what well, he owned. That was all him. Like yeah. legitly him. Yeah. It was him and a partner and they had a porn. He had a porn. And I swear there was like three of them weren't there. There was a whole concept, yes. I thought it was just like a one-off. Like, wow, okay, learned something new today. 
So a lot of, a lot of clicks basically is the answer to Tehran's question. Uh, we have to invent new technology in order to get Tehran what you need. Get my porn, you need to invent new tech. <laughs> new. I'm not even going for this. You we need blockchain. We need blockchain for his born. We're going to build, yeah. build Tehran. It must be some sort of Bitcoin type. <laughs> blockchain. Yes, block, yeah, blockchain. We need, NFT, we need to put... Porn, NFT. NFTs. Someone's going to listen to this and make a billion dollars off it. <laughs> and we're going to sit there like, like yeah. we're just going to be stuck. Like, why is this happening to us? Because I, have you ever, have any of you on the panel heard of the Snuggie? Yes. Snuggie. Oh. Is that like a, yeah. Oh yeah, I bought my missus one. It's a backwards, it's basically a backwards bathrobe. And as a person who typically wears bathrobes in everything that I do, (laughs) everything that I do, I wear a bathrobe. Like I'm not wearing one now, but it's because I'm in the house. Usually I wear the bathrobe when I leave the house. When I saw the Snuggie, I was like, how did I not come up with this hundred million (laughs) dollars? I literally wear a bathrobe every day. and I wear it backwards when I'm on the plane, and it never occurred to me to sell backward robes to other people. Yeah. Wow. You man. just don't think it would why, sell, why it? Do you, I see that a lot. Why do you wear so much bathrobes? I've seen you in all sorts of bathrobes all the time, well, the even on stage. Okay. Yeah, I wear the bathrobe on stage. I wear the bathrobe. I do you wear it back to front on stage? Back to front on stage. No. Okay, Yeah, I just wear bathrobes everywhere I go, usually. And there's an actual real reason. So a lot of people think it's just for my personal branding. Like, oh, I'm wearing bathrobes. I'm being unique, unlike how Chris tried to say it. But I'm being just unique. (laughs) But that's not why I wear the bathrobe. There's an actual story behind it. So setting up the story is I'm in high school. And when I'm in high school, I think I'm the coolest kid on the planet. I'm basically Ferris Bueller. And I'm Ferris Bueller. uh, uh, And all all those boys, like, all in one place. Right. So I'm Van Wilder. I'm like that guy in high school. (laughs) Concept is I play basketball. I think I'm the coolest kid. I get good grades, but no one really knows that, that I get amazing grades. People just know me as the school kid and I'm slick. My school principal liked me. My sub-school principal, who was a, a, a wonderful black woman, she loved me. And then my school administrator, who's the person who's immediately over me, hates my guts. Just this, this bitter white guy who just dislikes me in every way because I'm so slick and always try to break all the rules and bend the rules and this and that. So it comes time for our SATs. SATs in the States is this big test that we take. I'm sure yeah. that you have a very similar thing to get into uni. Mm-hmm. We have this to get into college and university. We have this test and most of the country takes it. You have to take this test and it tells you to dress comfortably. So half is a joke, half because I really just don't know what to wear. I wear my bathrobe to go take this test. And my administrator, and I'm always late, so I'm barely making it on time to begin with. My administrator tells me that I cannot take, I'm dressed inappropriate. I'm wearing a bathrobe. I'm wearing just a shirt, some sweats, some sandals, and a bathrobe. I point out the young lady who's wearing booty shorts and a tank top and say she's dressed appropriately. The young man that's wearing swim trunks and some flip-flops, he's dressed appropriately. (laughs) If I take the bathrobe off, you feel that I'm dressed appropriately, but because I have the bathrobe on, you call it a house coat, and this isn't the house, I'm dressed inappropriate. I ask him for the principal. He, does, he refuses to get the principal. The janitor who loved me went and got the principal for me. They run up, and they, of course, allow him. They tell him I have to be allowed to take the test, and the proctor is about to close the door. So I go in. I take my SATs under duress, I might add, <laughs> under duress, and I... Then I go that whole weekend and I studied the school rules and realized there's nothing against wearing bathrobes. And already I had gone through this because they told us we couldn't wear team hats because people got into a fight. So I started wearing Tehran hats 
So I, and, and they try to ban. And I'm like, no, Teron is my name. It doesn't say you can't use your own name, own uh, name memorabilia hats. So I've already broken. <laughs> you just breaking all the rules. <laughs> exactly. No, you're so not actually breaking the rules. You're just bending the rules. I, I'm actually just finding loopholes in the rules. The same thing that, you know, President Trump got credit for for paying <laughs> $700 in taxes, <laughs> the loopholes. So already my locker is set up where I have speakers and this like portable TV in my locker, which I only turn on after school, which is so loud. Things like that. I start wearing bathrobes to school almost every day, except for basketball game days where I dress up because basketball is a privilege, not a right. So except for that, I wear bathrobes all the time. Administrator hates it. Oh, you done everything. <laughs> oh, and you love it as well. You love the fact you that you bought him one. I love it. I'm so petty. I love it. Come back two months later, I get a perfect SAT score. So now I am the toast of the school board. I am the toast of the town. I'm a student of color who in this, uh, in a, as a minority in this majority white school has now received a perfect SAT score alongside my perfect grades. They hold a whole ceremony. I win all these scholarships and specifically a Macy scholarship where they have an entire ceremony in a gym auditorium for me because they're flying in to speak on the school supervisor, everything. I wear my bathrobe and I give my version of the I have a dream speech where I explain that people in society try to keep us in boxes. It's the ones who don't even question why we are in a box in the first place because boxes are meant for things and not people. And I'm looking directly at the administration. <laughs> <laughs> people, they call it social construct, but what they are what they really are doing is independent destruct. Do not allow them to control your lives because they will control your mind. Like I had a whole speech. <laughs> like I have a dream for my bathroom. Okay? That's amazing. And I'm just delivering it to the- I wish that person had to give you the award. Or like, oh or like I would have been the best. <laughs> it was the best. I just felt so alive. Have you got that on video? I don't because oh. this was, you know, before yeah. we're back we're in the day. The videos now. Yeah, now. back in the day, man. Yo, my parents might have like eight pictures of me. Because, <laughs> yeah. Do you know it's so true? It this generation has no idea, man. We have nothing. I, I had a, we did a podcast with some childhood friends the other day, and we're like, oh, let's get some footage and photos. We had seven photos between ten of us <laughs> for our whole childhood. I was like, how have we got seven you photos? Oh, well, one of my picture. Yeah, one of my friends' dads. He used to come in here. Do you remember the massive like VHS cameras? Are they like this big, Bruv, We so because like, we, we did dance in school and stuff like that, bro. He used to come in with what? Like I'm telling you, he was dedicated. But big Ruster man, like a 10 minute. used to come in with his big camera, yeah. And there's so many times because like he's a Ruster man, and people are kind of scared of them, especially white people in in the UK. It's one of them ones where they would never stop him, and he would need to bring it in. He'd asking no permission to film kids. He's not filming all of your kids. He'd be on, he, on his shoulder holding <laughs> that shit. And the thing about it is, yeah, so. he'd, he'd literally be like, we'd be getting on stage, and our island would be at him for him to set up at the time that we was walking on. Oh, yeah, you all set. All right, cool. People are looking at us like, who are you, who are you checking with? Then you see the big guy with the bigger, <laughs> massive girl. But bro, he used to get all of our stuff. He probably got like a 10 minute battery on it as well. I think he was your pimp. They <laughs> 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 yeah. He was your pimp. Like, you're like, hey, are, when we were- kids, Are we safe? <laughs> it took 15 days to develop one photo. You would take the picture. There was no so long. to see if it was good. Yeah. You would take it somewhere. They would develop it. And yeah. then you would go back in and get it back, and it cost two hundred <laughs> and eighteen dollars. And out of the thirty pictures you could take, twenty nine of them, your eyes were closed, and that was it. Yeah, that was yeah. it. You got, you get what you get. I've, I've actually got some old disposable 
cameras that I found when we moved. Oh, wow. I like five of them and I've not developed. I don't know if they can still be developed, but I want to... I was going to say, so you've uh, used them. Yeah, they're all used. So I'm saying, say, I mean, if, they're all used. If you used. hadn't used them, you know, sometimes when you use them old ones, where if you can take all them pictures, it's just like an orange, like, glow. type thing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to get them developed one day. God knows what's on there. I don't actually probably want to develop them. Might get in trouble. <laughs> well, what I was going to say about your um, your speech as well is that it wasn't even a drop the mic moment. It was like, it was like a drop the bathrobe moment. You should have dropped the bathrobe. <laughs> you should just drop it. Completely naked end. underneath. <laughs> 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 Like, like Jesus. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of um, Biden falling down the steps? He's Russian. I think, I think that President Biden is an older man. Like he fell down the steps. We've all fallen down steps. The difference is when he falls down the steps, it's on a national stage and everybody pays attention and everyone has a thing to say. But I've been walking and I've tripped. Three times? Nothing going on. On the, on the Three times in a row? Three no, times in a row? I got up and moved. I moved. <laughs> see like, I'm the guy, if I see you fall, I'm the guy that's like, saw it. I let you know. You <laughs> and that's the thing. He fell. He's an older person. Like, I, I'm not saying Biden is the best person or worst person. They're all part of the same, the yeah. same thing. Like, honestly, it just makes me laugh how it's headline news. How is that headline news? You see, even though it's I know that it was three times, it's also a thing where, as you said, he's he's live on TV or he's always he's always under the the what's it called the um, the microscope. That he must have been panicking, bro. He yeah, that's why he fell again. That's why he fell again because he was like, oh, 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 shit, oh, oh, twice off. Oh man, man three times. My back. President Trump had a voodoo doll, and y'all don't even Stop, know. He's stabbing the shit out of it. Huge, huge, and he kept pushing them down. Y'all don't even know. That's how that really happened. Yeah, but, but but Biden's rushing. Trump used to just take hours. He used to just take each step, watch uh, each one. Walk. He's just like dribbling. Yeah, he knew. He already knew. I mean, honestly, if if you need any proof of how difficult it is to be a president of the United States, watch President Obama. The picture he takes before he becomes he goes in office, and then watch how he looks. <laughs> eight years. It's eight years. Listen, it is eight years. It is not 38 years. <laughs> Look at this poor man and what people did to him. No matter what he did, it was wrong. And Look at so, Micho. Look at Micho to compare. Micho's just nice. Look with the lotion and everything looking nice. And Obama just looks decrepit, man. It's crazy. And people don't realize President Obama had wave caps. And if you, if you have any pigment in your skin, you know that means he went to went to sleep with a scully. Like President Obama <laughs> yeah. rubbed a, a, a skull cap on and kept those waves. He had those waves. And they were gone. By the time he left, they were gone. <laughs> they were gone. That white hair that he was over it. That's why people are like, where's Obama? Why is he not? He is done. He is done with all of us. He is done with all of you. He's, just like, he's looking good now, though. He made a resurgence. Now he's now he's out yeah, of office. He's, 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 like, he's, he's got a bit of swagger. He's got his swagger back. He's actually well. got freedom. Yeah, freedom. he's out. He's at his house. He's chilling. He's got his girl back. He's like, come here, Michelle. Like he's smacking Michelle on the ass. Like he got a whole life now. You see, when he hits you that know? free point now, we seen that video where he's in the gym and he hits the free. Yeah, yeah. He just picks up the yeah. basketball and he's he like, just picks up the ball and just swish. And then just walks off. I was just like, you just course yeah. in it. Just like yes, yes. Oh, I'm crazy, man. That's great for the stereotype that black people are good at basketball. Thank you, President. <laughs> <laughs> In case you forgot he was black, he was like, let me just, let me just remind you. That's fine. White men can jump. It was yeah. actually a documentary. People didn't actually know that. It was actually People a documentary. We talked about that before. Number two might be coming out, isn't it, Chris? Sharp. Sharp. Chris play basketball? Does Chris play basketball? I do, yeah. Actually, I'm no, Chris, don't say that, man. Chris? I'm good at basketball, yeah. I played in, I played in school. I haven't played since, but I was, I was 
I was pretty much the best in school. <laughs> basketball. They all know I'm, I'm hot fire at basketball. I'll take uh, Joel's good at basketball. The knowledge is good at basketball as well. That's why he's that's why he's shaking his head. So that's what's up. We I, haven't I, had I the East London it. South London rivalry yet. Hmm? Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, I watched Top Boy. I know what's up. Oh, <laughs> uh, there was a question about that, weren't there? Uh, 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 no. Have you got any? Have you got any UK slang for us? Uh, I, I know. I run the mandem. Okay. <laughs> you run the mandem. Wow. Okay. Run that's the running the mandem. Roadman. Roadman. Food, you got food, bruv. Do <laughs> no, you understand? As much as people in the UK can hate Top Boy, it was an amazing cultural awakening for the United States. And yeah. that's where all that UK drill music has now become the lead music when you go on like what's tough. And people don't even realize that that's that UK vibe. And there was a time, I remember when Dipset, when Cameron yeah. and Dipset, they had an entire UK group who tried to make that switch into the United States and it didn't work. But now, you know, now you get that overlap. A lot of the producers are straight out of London. Yeah. So mm -hmm. shout out to Top Boy and what it was able to do. I remember watching Top Boy when it actually came out. I was actually spending time in London uh, doing a, a filming. And so I saw Top Boy when I was like, this show was amazing. And people were like, oh, it shows black people this and that. I'm like, yo, in the States, this would be huge. That's just real life. And, and that was literally yeah. just real life in London. Even, <laughs> even, yeah, even artist gigs, um, obviously, um, there was a, I can't remember what the rapper's name was, but there was a rapper that talked about him before and was basically like, oh yeah, who's this guy? Can't even understand what he's saying. But then when he really like started to delve into like the actual scene of the UK and he came over here and he saw how much respect Giggs has and what he's and been through. And then he was on Greg's album he, as well. Yeah, he, but he was also like, okay, yeah, he's a real guy. Like he, I can't go over to the UK and just be chatting shit about him. And, <laughs> no, he can move to. I think that it's going to be cool. So yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, it, it, def it definitely done that because I feel like a lot of the times um, some people in America didn't think that people in the UK was having it as hard as they have had it or weren't living that kind of life. They just thought- You ain't about that life. Yeah, we're about, about that, that life. Well, I'm not, but people are about that life. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't well, be, Chris. What I wanted to ask you, Tarana, as well, also uh, moving on from that subject is, I wanted to ask you, being half black and half Persian, what are your top three spices? <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. White women cannot cook for me. Do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> What? If I go to your house and your, your white wife is trying to cook with paprika, I throw that shit. I'm like, <laughs> so I will give you my top three spices, right? And I, I will count these as spices whether people think they are or not. Number one is, number, number three is going to be saffron. If you don't yes. know what saffron is, saffron is worth m more in its weight than gold, okay? Is worth more than gold. And it's something we put on our rice just to give it a little flavor and color. And saffron has got this subtle hint of wealth that is just delicious. <laughs> right? so you need saffron. Number two, number two is going to be hot sauce. I don't care if you think hot sauce is or is not an actual a spice. It is. And I will add hot sauce to a lot of things that you're not supposed to. And number one is somal. And if you don't know what somal is, it's this brown, it's this brown flake that's in between a salt and a pepper and all things in between, and you add it on top of your kebab, and it gives it life. So those are my three. And coming in at an honorable mention is hummus. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's a spice. That's a spice. And add some hummus. Add some, dip it in hummus, and you will understand why it is the ranch blue cheese of the Middle East. Do you understand? <laughs> it is. It is. 
my <laughs> wife had that last night. Tasha loves a bit of hummus. She bangs it out. Hummus is it'll. It's we were actually to run. We're thinking about starting a new series, which would maybe should get you involved in, called Pimp My Spice Rack. So where we go into people's houses and pimp their spice rack. Mainly white people. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. I think we're I starting mean, with Chris. Has, Jamaicans have their own flavor. Yeah. Nigerian food is very flavorful. Ethiopian food yes. is very flavorful. I don't eat Ethiopian food. Listen, I go to Ethiopian restaurant and I just pretend that I like it because Ethiopian Ethiopians get very upset if you don't like their food. <laughs> but everyone has their own palate. Everyone has their own palate. But the blandness of Chris, Chris, no offense to you, but the blandness of your grandmother's food, your grandmother who says the word colored, maybe she should have listened to colored women and been like, I don't like colors, but their food is <laughs> their food. That's a real thing. That's that's the one that's the one part of slavery everyone understood why they made black people work the kitchen. We we're like, all right, that one, yeah, that one good. we get. Everything good. else, that was wrong. But this because if you're white and you're a good cook, Paula Dean, Paula Dean actually got caught using the word nigger. She yeah, got I remember caught that. For that. And her food was so delicious, we didn't care. We didn't yeah, care. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had her sweet potato pie? Like, yeah, yeah, I get it, but yo, right. my man Tony Baker talks about that. It's funny. It's true. Jeez. Oh yeah, Tony Baker's well, funny. Man. Joel, do you want to go with your next question? If we're going to keep on food, it's the most important oh. question that we ask in our whole show. I just wanted to ask as well, oxtail or curry goat? Oh, I'm going to go with oxtail. I'm going to Oh, yeah. I thought you I'm would. I'm going to go with oxtail. I'm going to go with oxtail because, look, as much as I don't want to like oxtail, like I don't want to, it doesn't sound appealing. It doesn't, does it? It doesn't. <laughs> when I first oxtail. heard that, I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, it's fire. Do you understand? It's fire. Like if you have oxtail and it just hits, oh. you feel tough. Like you, like have you ever had oxtail in your plate and someone's talking to you and you just smack them in the face? <laughs> like, do you not see that I'm eating some oxtail right now? Do you see what I'm doing? You, uh, you think I care? I don't care if you're my mom. Do you understand I'm eating oxtail right now? Mm. Like, How I'm important this is? Yeah, I don't know. You can't do that with curry goat. You can't yeah. slap. You can't slap someone. <laughs> you can't, you can't do slap it. your mom in the face with over curry goat. Then you're a bad son. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Manson, you're a horrible ah. kid. You know? no, well. I think Charles Oh, Menendez brothers on. Yeah. Like, I think I think they actually wrote that in their memoir that they actually had curry goat on a regular basis and slapped. They used to. Eat that's curry. why they a killed. Lot of people don't know. Yeah, that's why they killed their parents because it was over curry goat. Not, not a lot of people don't know about that. Hitler, Hitler used to be a big. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. That's how, I saw it on the history show. I mean, obviously, Chris. <laughs> what were you saying before about Hitler being one of your idols? You fully understand where you're coming from. We don't agree. We don't agree with that. We don't agree. We don't agree. We heard you. He wanted to suppress and kill all those Jews, and yeah. you thought it was right of him to do so. Yeah. We don't agree. We don't agree. We. But we, we fully heard you. you. But we don't agree. And also, Chris, when you mentioned that it, it was okay just because the guy was having a bad day. Once again, we don't <laughs> He's having a bad day. I told you. He's having a bad day, man. We don't agree. We, we don't we agree. <laughs> also, that time, Chris, when we were talking before, and you said that you bought more R. Kelly albums after you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't agree. We don't agree, Chris. We don't agree. We but don't we, agree. we heard you. We heard you. <laughs> My face hurts, man. Uh, Chris, I want to ask you a question. Actually. Go on, ask a question. What, what is the sexist venereal disease? 
<laughs> I just wanted to ask someone that's had, had <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, I know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I even know what a venereal disease is. Oh, then Chris, then either you are uneducated or now you're definitely guilty. You're definitely guilty. What is a venereal disease? Chris. <laughs> All right. We don't agree with your lack of understanding, but we hear you, Chris. But you hear me. Um, Tawan, could you, could you date a broke woman? Can I date a broke woman? Here's that's an interesting question, Chris. I live in Los Angeles. There are <laughs> they are all broke. There are very few not broke women in Los Angeles. I thought you were gonna say the opposite. Okay, so they'll, they'll... no, 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 no. There are there are actually not a lot of not broke people in Los Angeles. Let me <laughs> clarify that it's not gender specific. It's not gender specific in Los Angeles. A lot of times, like the prom queen and the prom king from different cities all across America. Come to a, come to Los Angeles to be whores and hostesses at restaurants. Like that's all they do. Like there isn't there isn't this pool of successful people. It's a it's the one percenter, and that's what keeps us going. So dating a broke female, broke woman in the in Los Angeles is something that's at times unavoidable. But I would prefer not to. But then again, also you start dating people who are much wealthier than you. You know, you start dating people. There are a lot of women in Los Angeles. There are London Hughes in Los Angeles who just killing it. Like now I, I, I can't afford you. So where do you <laughs> fall? And that's why I'm gay. That's why I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, easier, it's easier to be gay. It's just like, who pays for dinner? We both do. We're men. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't have to worry about opening the door anymore. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it, you know, and... If I just if I just get the right penis, so if Jamie Foxx, if you're listening, <laughs> I know I was hetero right before this show, but now that I think about it, after Chris convinced me, you're right. Yeah. What was Chris saying about homosexuals before the show? <laughs> Another thing we do not agree with. I remember uh, Wild specifically saying, "Chris, I cannot agree with you, but we do hear you, Chris. We hear you." So. Chris, we just hope you don't get canceled, brother. No, no. Yeah. We're here for you. We're, We're here. Way, way. <laughs> We're supportive friends. But uh, uh, dating women that are that don't have money, that's a part of the American rite of passage. I personally would prefer someone who has something going on for themselves. And the reason is, is because idle hands uh, are the devil's plaything. Idle minds will destroy your life. So any anybody you're in a relationship with, if they don't have stuff going on, they will find reasons to hate you and ruin you. So I will. I would rather have someone who's also busy. Yeah, okay. Like your worst... all these things, someone who understands our lifestyle. Mm. What's been your worst date? It's interesting. So I don't really date often, but I will tell you about the situation. <laughs> so I'm very particular about who I go out with or spend time and energy with. I went on this hangout, right? Let's call it a hangout. So in a situation shift in that plurality of F boys in life, call it a hangout. I went out, I hung out with this, this uh, young lady, very attractive, Instagram girl, my friends like pushed and were like, she really likes you. Very attractive, very, very fun girl. But we were talking and I was supposed to go to Puerto Rico, which is uh, an island just for anyone who didn't- For anyone who doesn't want to pay tax. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, well, Puerto Rico actually pays a lot of taxes. Puerto Rico actually, because it's part of the United States, it pays a lot of taxes, but they are not a state. And it's actually an unfortunate thing. The concept that I was going there and she was like, well, 
oh, you should take me. And I was like, oh, I'm going for work. And she said, well, I don't have my passport anyway. Well, if you know anything about Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico is a part of the United States. It's, it's a territory of the United States. You don't need your passport to go there. And she was like, but it's overseas. And I was like, it's over AC. Yes. And she's like, well, we call them Puerto Ricans. And I was like, you call people from Hawaii Hawaiians, but that is a state of the United States. You realize that. We got into an entire conversation. I had to prove it to her, bring it up on Wikipedia, go to Google, the whole nine. So fast forward to I'm back. She hits me up one time late night. She's like, hey, why don't you come over? And I was like, it's late. And she's like, exactly, come over. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be very honest with you. I can't. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, look, you're very attractive. And I understand we're probably going to have sex. And you look like the type of girl that gets pregnant. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking about. Like, like the girl that gets pregnant. And I was like, you're going to get pregnant. Sex is going to be amazing. You're going to get pregnant. And then we're going to have the child. And of course, you're, we're going to keep the child. And then my child is going to grow up. And my son is going on Jeopardy. And he will lose because he doesn't know that Puerto Rico is part of the United States. Because his freaking mom has no idea. And I can't let you raise my child. And then I ghosted her. And that was... <laughs> That was Tehran Lama. I would just love to. Was that a text? That was over. Text. I would have just loved to text. see her face reading that text. Yeah, I really wrote <laughs> this out for her so she understands why I'm not coming over late night. On, like, I think of things in those terms. On the topic of girls, then, uh, who, who do you think lies more, girls or guys? And it's not a conversation of who lies more. It's just that we lie differently, right? So we lie differently because we believe differently. Men are very visual. We love to see things. Things have to be proven to us. We need to see it to believe it. And women, women are very audio. They hear things. They understand. They're empathic. They understand. And that's why women believe with their ears and men believe with their eyes, which is why men lie and women wear makeup. (laughs) (laughs) It makes sense. sense. That makes so much sense, more sense than it should, but it really does. Because it's true. That's why, like, they put on filters. They do so much for us because we we fall in love with that visual visual lie. We we kiss with our eyes open. We have sex with our eyes open. Like, we need to see every crevice. Like, I need to see. That's why women don't understand that. Like, when if I'm walking with a girl and another guy checks out the girl I'm with and I get upset, the girl is like, why are you so jealous? It's like, I'm not jealous. Because in her mind, she just thinks that the guy's looking at her because she's attractive and wants to know what it's going to be like on their wedding day. I know that that guy is thinking about what his thumb feels like in her butthole <laughs> when they're having sex. Like, what is it going to look like? Because like, guys are scum. Guys are disgusting creatures. So I'm aware of this, and that's why we actually get upset. So it's not like who lies more. It's just who lies, uh, who lies more. We just lie different. Guys and girls lie different. Love it. You'll ever be able to stop looking at other women? Because you know, like, I got, I got to admit, sometimes I do. I don't want to do it, but it's like a reaction thing. Like when they walk past, it's anthropological knowledge. It is anthropological. <laughs> In fact, your your girl should be offended if you did not. Did it, look it yeah. Should be offended if because that says that you're no longer a sexual creature and that you don't find her attractive either. So, 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 to answer to the question, try that one. It's 50 50 for me. So, for all the girls that we're gonna, I'm gonna post this as an Instagram clip saying, <laughs> Are you happy with your guy looking at other women? And uh, Tehran's gonna uh, giving you the science behind it, see if it pleases, it's pleases. It's logical. You know what I see, feel that works is the concept if you get your if you get your partner in on it, if you're like, 
look at her, you know, and your partner's in on it. It, it softens the blow a little, but you can't help it. Like you could be, it could be the Bloods and the Crips in a gang fight. They're about to murder each other, and a girl with a fatty walk by, and they'll and they'll stop. And be like, yo, 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 and we gotta check each other out. Like we gotta confirm. Like, did you see? what i just saw like we need that even have you ever had that moment with a stranger where you saw saw a, such a banging chick like walk past and you both you and a stranger looked at each other and looked at her and been like we don't know each other but, <laughs> but we both know damn <laughs> damn world peace over that piece. <laughs> like that, is, that is how it works but that's that's a concept it's anthropological we we often try to remove we try to remove programming that's embedded into our dna embedded into us the concepts of monogamy in our ideology but that's what humanity is it's about rising above our dna at times and and being the best of who we are and so we can do it it's just not a hundred percent of the time so forgive us as is it's a learning curve but we are if you know better you do better and we're getting to know better yeah before, before we let you go, because I'm realizing we, we're just conscious of your time. Um, I'm here. Oh, you're here. Well, cool then. No, well, then you tell us then. Um, what's what's the funniest thing you what's the funniest thing you've seen a stranger do, yeah. or happen to a stranger? The funniest thing I've ever seen happen to a stranger. Okay, I, I mean, I have the first thing that comes to mind isn't something that you'll find very funny specifically, but it was very funny. So I'm driving in on Santa Monica Boulevard. And in LA, for some reason, they love having no left turn signal. So if you're making a left, you're just stopping traffic. And also <laughs> one lane or two lane roads on major roads. For some reason, they love doing that. I don't know what the what the reasoning is behind the lack of urban planning in, the, in Los Angeles. But I'm driving and there's a car that's being that aggressive driver that's switching lanes, trying to get ahead for whatever reason, and they're in the car, it's the guy who pretends he's driving a stick shift even though his car is automatic, it's that guy. You know, <laughs> probably making sounds as he's driving, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. like he's, he's moving his hand like this, back and forth, exactly. even though there's nothing there. <laughs> exactly, there's nothing there, he's doing it. And he's trying, exactly, he's trying to Tokyo drift his way into getting into first position in this imaginary race he's having. <laughs> now, the cars slow down. And this guy just gets angry and he cuts through and the cars come to a stop in the middle of the road and he cuts through and goes and he drives and he'd already been upset at me because I was just driving so casually, right? He cuts through, gives me a look and drives super fast and then boom, hits this lady who flies. Into the, air. <laughs> the cars had stopped. The cars had stopped because there was a pedestrian cross. Oh my God. This lady, I had never seen, listen. Oh my like God. A, she flew into the air. And all of a sudden, and you hear, and he, and he spins, and he crashes into this car that's on the side, like a truck that was parked, and he's just there. And all the truck, everyone's just in shock. Everyone's in shock. Everyone's phones come out. Everyone, right? So we're just, and it's, as it's my turn to drive, and thankfully I was like ahead. I was like maybe the third car behind. So not only did I get a good look at what happened, I didn't have to get stuck in all the traffic that was about to happen. I drive by and I go, Still rushing to where you gotta go to. <laughs> <laughs> and I drive by, and his look on his face—the look on his face was worth every second of everything that happened. Like it was worth that lady's life, just because. <laughs> because there's like he slammed. When I say he slammed, he sped like cut. Imagine everyone's not. He cut and just hits in the hyper gear, thinking he's getting. He's smarter than everyone else. Then boom, you hear the. 
boom, like the crazy, crazy. So I know it's not funny. My condolences to that woman if she did die to her and her family. But (laughs) that's what comedy is. Comedy is tragedy, which is a close up. It's the long lens. We're looking at it from far away. So that's what comedy is. And that's why comedy is always going to be about. It's oftentimes it'll be about tragedy and tragic things. But we give it a a perspective because even if you're in a room where everybody's crying, even if the room was full of people crying, they're still crying alone. But when we're in a room full of people laughing, we are laughing together. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, uh, on following, that, wait, following on from that, who, what's your um, who's your top your top UK comedian? My top UK comedian, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Ricky Gervais. Is my man? Like, oh <laughs> man, Ricky Gervais for my male comedian and my top female British comedian. It has to be a comedian by the name of London Hughes. I don't know if you know who <laughs> London Hughes is, yeah. but if you don't I'm know, check who her out. London I'm gonna Hughes check her out. I talk about London Hughes in so many rooms that people have actually been like, do you work for her? I talk about (laughs) London Hughes in so many clubhouse rooms and on so many podcasts that people are like, you bring her up a lot. And I'm like, because she is is the model of comedy success. She is persistence. She is insistence. She's belief. She's delusional. That, That amount of delusion that you have to have to be successful, where you change your mindset. And that's something that we don't recognize and superstars is the amount of delusion to the go. I'm, I can do this better than you. And that confidence that goes into it and all of that stuff is amazing. And so those are my two, my two UK comedian picks. What's shout out to Gina, uh, Yashere, shout out to uh, all the other comedians, uh, Jimmy Carr and all them. They're great. But Ricky Gervais, London Hughes, don't at me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's next for you then? What's, what's next for you? Uh, hopefully more, more podcasts, zoom shows. I mean, what's next for me I, at this point, I'm one. Well, why do you think I turned gay? Like if I have to suck dick to pay rent, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. We gotta do. We gotta live. Like the pandemic has definitely put, it's put a definite pause on a lot of parts of the career, but that's why you have to learn how to pivot. I've been very active on social media as far as clubhouse, zoom shows, Instagram live, those aspects. I've been doing a lot of outdoor shows. I actually have one tonight. I'm doing a Zoom show and then an outdoor show and then a clubhouse show back to back to back. So I'm trying to stay as active as possible because it's like like in basketball, you don't stop, you pivot. And that's what you have to do, whatever by any means necessary to get to that goal. So I have that coming up. I have, a, I have some scripts that I've worked on. There's a script specifically that I'm trying to work on with London and others. So we have a lot of things in the works. Hopefully we all come out of this together. Amazing. Where's the best place for people to follow you then? All across the board at I am Tehran, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. My thing is just please help, help. All you have to do. I don't need your money. Well, I do need your money, but (laughs) all you have to do to support, it takes nothing. It takes $0 to support. It takes $0 to follow. It takes $0 to post or repost. It takes $0 to tell a friend and spread the word. So that's all I need. At I am Tehran all across the sport. My name is Tehran, like the capital of Iran. So if you don't know how to spell it, just watch Fox News. If you watch the news, initially, <laughs> they will mention my name at some point. The caravan. The caravan's coming over with Tehran, isn't it? Um, every day at 12. <laughs> that's crazy. Can I ask you, um, which one of your exes are you most ashamed of? It's, it's 
actually a wonderful question because to be very fair, knowledge, I have been extremely, extremely great at picking people that I'll, I'll be with because I have these rules that are in my head. So hmm. I'll never kiss a girl that I would never have sex with. That's how guys get herpes in the club. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> right? I'll never kiss a girl that I don't know. And I'll never kiss a girl that I, I wouldn't have sex with. And I will never have sex with a girl. I will never be intimate with a girl that if she got pregnant, Remember, I'm going to have to take this girl home to my parents yeah. and be like, hey, mom, hey, dad, you see this fat white girl that I met at the club who was just easy last night? She's now the mother of your <laughs> grandchild. Like, that is a conversation. That is not just something. So because of that, it limits. And because of that, I've been extremely fortunate. Every, every person I've ever had interaction with, every woman that I've ever been with has been amazing. And I could have married any one of them. As few as they are, I could have married any one of them. My life would have just ended up in a different place. So I've always been the problem. They've never been the problem. And <laughs> my life would have been. And so I've just chosen this path in life over that path in love. And that's something that I will have to live with. And it's my decision. But I understand it. But they've been amazing. Man. Okay. Six, six, and what, six. what criteria? Because we get a lot of... Um... Oh, if we're talking about ashamed, I should have brought this up. Candace Owens. I should have never dated that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We, we get a lot of, um, of people like saying, well, a lot of women saying that they're single because um, we do a lot of interviews and we've had a lot of them come across. So what's your criteria? Because we might have to set up some sort of dating agency off the back of this because we do get a lot of requests. Here, my criteria is this. I'm trying to be single. Like, here's, here's the thing. My love language, I don't know if you, you've all done the love language test, but it turns out my love language is shut the fuck up, don't touch the remote. So here's what I've realized is that because of my priority in my career, because of my priority as a person and my individuality, I enjoy that freedom. And I have, I have concerns when it comes to the concepts of relationships. And it's me. It's not them. They are amazing. It's just me. I, I like my freedom. I, don't, I like not answering to people. I like being able to do stuff. So that's what it comes down to. But my criteria in a partner is somebody who's a partner, someone steel, sharp and steel. That's the first thing. Also, you have to be tall. Like, I'm not going to procreate with you. And now what? My kid's not supposed to play varsity basketball because you're short, bitch. No, let's be, <laughs> be tall. Like, I need some. Can she be taller than you, though? Can she be taller than you? I'm six foot two, so if she's taller than me, that's a conversation. But it's not a conversation that it's just if she look right and is taller than me, then you know what? That's how it has to go. That think about this. Think about who LeBron would have been if his dad was PB Herman. Ludicrous. Exactly. Like <laughs> short people who are just like, I get it, I understand, right? You know, Tom Cruise's kids aren't hitting the NBA. I'm, just, okay. I'm, just, I'm very cognizant of these things. Like, I want to procreate well, and I need a partner. And I'm not easy. I'm difficult. Like, it's like calling shotgun. I'm the difficult one. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I'm simple. I'm just difficult. Yeah. I'm simple. Well, listen, dude, I'm going to let you go, but thank you so much for taking the time to thank join you. us. Uh, it's been a, a real pleasure having you on the show. I'm super excited to share this with everyone. Um, I, I like the fact that you spoke to us even after what Chris said. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Chris, your ideas on mixed marriages, while I don't agree with them, okay? and I just want to point out that they're very outdated. They're very outdated. <laughs> I don't agree with them. Knowledge, I don't think you agree with them. Wild, no. for sure, was offended. Wild was offended. 
because Wilde seems like he has an affinity for white women. He was <laughs> And you're not wrong like, about that. Yeah, my, my <laughs> missus is Italian. Yeah, see, but Chris, we hear you. So. Yeah, we're here with you. I know you said that about Emmett Till, Chris. <laughs> oh, she did not. Nah, nah, come on, nah, yeah. knowledge, knowledge, nah, knowledge. That was the line. Knowledge, <laughs> knowledge. We've done a lot, but that was the line. <laughs> Wild. But here's the thing. You know what's funny? Knowledge didn't say what Chris said about <laughs> so the fact that you took it there because Chris probably has. <laughs> and you are like, don't expose him. Because we knowledge not once he could have said Imitel was wrong and you were just like upset. We didn't even say I was gonna say the thing you said about Imitel was actually weird. That's the only thing we agreed on. Yeah, was it was sensible. It was yes, sensible. Yeah. So what did you tell Wild in the room when we weren't listening, Chris? Oh my brain, I can't deal with you lot anymore. I'm confused on Emmett Till, Chris. <laughs> Listen, and on that note, and on that note, guys, please like, <laughs> let's, uh, subscribe. Let's, what's Jamie? What's Jamie Fox said? Let's wrap it up, <laughs> guys. Um, Jamie Fox, that was a different black guy. That was different oh black, no, was cool. don't even. Knowledge is on you today. Listen. Uh, yeah. I'm leaving it there. Thank you so much for joining us, bro. It's yeah. been a lot. Guys, this is an amazing one. I've, I've lost so much that my face hurts and I've got a bit of a headache, but like, subscribe, notifications, all of that good doesn't stuff. doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. That's a good Terence point. Said it. Terence so, said it. It doesn't cost you anything, so just do it. Make sure you click the links in the description below and go and follow Terence on all of the social channels below. They'll be there right now. So make sure and, you um, do that. Drain our clips as well. Now, scare off all the beautiful women. Do slide in my DMs. And follow. Make sure to follow. Just, just know it's going to be a booty call. Than a date, though. I yeah, know. I'd rather a follow than a date. Cool. See you later, man. Thank you so much.